So welcome, this is Robin Harford from eatweeds.co.uk and foragingcourses.com. I am sitting here in France with Francois Couplon. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I got it right, cool. Yeah, and do. where in France are we? Oh, we're in the Alpes de Haute-Provence, uh-huh. that's the th- Southern Alps. You know, it's actually um, very close to the Mediterranean. But way up in the mountains yeah. already. You know, it's about 1,000 meters elevation right here. Yeah. Dry in summertime because it's Mediterranean climate and cold in winter. Yeah. Francois, I first came across Francois because he wrote a book when he... I'd heard stories of this man. He'd been in America and had written a book on called um, Wild Edible Plants of North America, I think. Yeah, and Cyclopedia of uh, Edible Plants of North America. Edible, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. suddenly found these books written in French and started finding out about you. And mm-hmm. we talked a couple of times on email and, we did. and messaged a long time back. And then I've come over here to stay with a friend. And I just said, oh, I wonder if Francois Couplon is here, lives around here. And hey-ho, she said, well, I know Francois. Yeah, yeah, we know yeah, for sure. So we know he's only other. up the road, and it's like, yeah, really. wow, that's cool. Mm. Okay, well, I've always wanted to meet you, so we're here. So really, I suppose what, what gets me is I'm very interested in when I meet plant people, their, their kind of relationship with plants and, and what started it, how did they get into it, and then how, you know, is a plant just something that you just pick and eat and it's God put it here for humans to just use or is there something else? Is there a different world view, world picture? So how did you get into plants, Christopher? Oh, it's very simple, you know. I got started when I was very young, when I started walking. Maybe I wasn't even walking yet, you know, with my mother. She was an alpinist, you know. She was in love with nature, with the mountain, the Alps, and the plants, you know. And when she had kids, she couldn't take us to the top of the Mont Blanc, so she would take us... Um, just walking around, looking at plants and picking mushrooms and berries and this and that. And, you know, father was an officer in the French army. We come from a family of poor peasants and he went up the scales of society. Yeah. And married the daughter of a physician. So I was a bourgeois, you know, a young bourgeois in, in Paris. And so I had to go to the, the high school is polytechnic, so this is what I was, what I had to do. But fortunately, I got kicked out, you know, because of my bad behavior, <laughs> basically. And too much rock music and not enough math lessons and things. Yeah. So I had to um, go out into the countryside, and I met, um, I met an old guy Otherwise, in the east of France, he was um, a former teacher, and he was a botanist, and he was a poet. And he taught me botany with classical uh, poetry, French poetry, you know, sonnet classic, that he would write on each and every plant that was growing out in the woods. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is. Because, you know, I never put my bottom back (laughs) <laughs> on the bench of a school or a university or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just get taught by people, special people yeah. who I met. He would send me out in the woods because he, you know, he, he had been um, injured during the First World War, so he couldn't uh, walk that well. 
and he would tell me, well, you know, you go out in this wood, in this part of the wood, and you're going to find, you know, a woodruff, for instance. Mm. And you'll find it all um, sundew, you know, things like that. And we'd spend the whole day looking for woodruff <laughs> and for sundew with just a few hints. And, you know, I would find it and go back to his place and he would uh, take out his uh, notebook mm -hmm. of poetry and read to me the poetry that applied to that plant. It was just beautiful, you know. It was just beautiful. And then a little later, I was 20, I met uh, another old man. He was an uncle of mine, as a matter of fact, and he, had, he was um, a persona non grata in the family because he was a vegetarian. Mm. And the thing to do since we were rich people, fairly rich, I mean, you know, we thought we were rich people, uh, I was eating meat three times a day. <laughs> you know, and I get sick. <laughs> you know, physicians didn't understand, you know, science didn't know what was wrong with me, but something was wrong. That guy told me, uh, well, you know, maybe you can stop eating meat three times a day. You know, maybe it's a little too much. And so it took me a long time, it took me about a year to, to because it's an addiction. You know, eating meat is an addiction, or can be an addiction, or can be an addiction at least. And um, so we would go around and look at plants and gather this and gather that and explore and do botany and cook and everything. So I would really expand the fairly small knowledge that I had from childhood, you know. At one point I realized, well, now, you know, if I want to be independent and I want to live the way society wants me to live, um, what do I need? Air to breathe, I was in the Alpes of Old Provence, not far from here, you know, smell. I mean, you know, you can breathe here, I mean, you can breathe. And water, there's water all over the place in, the, in these mountains, you know, clear water that you can drink, you know. And then food, food, well, I have the plants. So I just took off, <laughs> took off to the woods and spent, well, um, you know, started doing it in southern France and then moved over to America. And there I took off to the woods, you know, and started living there for a long time. At first, I went to, um, to an herb walk hoping to learn something, and in the end, you know, I was answering the question of all the people attending the, the herb walk. So that's America. So people told me, hey, you're the herbalist in chef. So anyway, this is what I started doing, you know, um, taking people around and showing them, teaching them, and gathering together to feed people at the festivals and things like that, you know. And at one point, very practical Americans told me, well, with everything you know, you could give workshops and make it your professions. You know, I was French. You know, in France, you believe um, you have to work hard and do shit job in order to get money. You know, hard-earned money. And well, I decided to do it, and it worked. <laughs> it picked up, and great. So I lived ten years. So that was in the seventies, was it? That was in the seventies. Yeah. 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 And then we are up in um, Cherokee, uh, Appalachians. I was living all over the place, you know. I was living all over. I was just traveling. I mean, for 10 years, I never stayed more than maybe a one week place, you know. I couldn't, I couldn't. I just had to travel around, you know. Yeah. So I went around the whole 48 states and Mexico and Guatemala in wintertime because you know, yeah. it was cold, so 
Yeah. It's a very normal thing to do, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah. So, but at one point that girlfriend of mine wanted to um, see what Europe's like. So anyway, we came and she fell in love with France and she started, she thought, she picked up French in six months. She was, she was speaking fluently. And, you know, I went around, say, yeah, you know, um, give workshops on plants. Are you interested in this and that? And I went to a publisher and said, you know, I got this manuscript that I'd like to publish on uh, edible plants. And poof, I get so many offers that I get stuck here. Really so how fast. did you, just to, to stop you there, how did you, because I have two of those books. I haven't yeah. got the third one yet. And there's lots of, like, ethnobotanical kind of cross-cultural uses like Corsica and Sicily and, and places like this so I've been around just so literally from wandering you picked up the, the local most stories. of it most of it I right. like I like to talk from experience yeah, and to sure. write from experience sure. well I mean the world is wide but I mean, it's not that big no. yeah <laughs> you know yeah and when you know you were around just meet the right people you know yeah, sure. and they teach you just everything you need every day and yeah yeah. It's very simple. You know, like I spend a lot of time in Crete. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, women especially, of course, gathering plants, but men also. Yeah. Um, you know, um, living, living work just to go out to the mountain to pick that specific plant because, you know, it, spell, it sells for more than meat does in, <laughs> on the markets and things like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. And going around and asking them, you know, why, why do you pick plants? Come on, because it's good for health. You know, but why do, don't you grow um, um, a garden, you know, vegetable garden like everybody does in England or in France or in, you know, civilized countries, you know? Yeah. And you know, they looked at me, you know, with a head on the, uh, on the forehead and said, um, oh, come on, I mean, look around you. There are all these plants and God gives them, gives them to us. What can you say, you know? They got it, you know, they got it, you know? And the Cretan regime, you know, I mean, it's it's a joke. I mean, it's just... So, so when you say Cretan regime, what's the, what do you mean Cretan regime? Oh, I don't know what you call it in English. You know, this big thing where they had this... Um, this um this survey in 1950s uh proving that cretan people have the best way of eating the oh, okay. world yeah, yeah i think we call that the mediterranean diet now of course in mediterranean area they've yeah they still to some extent eat but never never to the extent that they do it in crete wow. well oh. it's hundreds of plants and i was there in the early 1990s you know, you have wild, wild edible plants restaurant. Um, in the cities, you got women coming down every morning from the, from the countryside with wild plants that they've picked and that they sell in the markets. And every um, um, vegetable stand um, has this section of wild plants. I mean, it's, it's, it's a culture. Yeah. It's a culture. It's yeah. a culture of wild plants, of eating wild plants and knowing why they do it, you know, and claiming it and say, well, you know, it's good, it's nice. So, wow, when I, when I discovered that, uh, very, very great, uh, I wouldn't say a shock, but a great um, oh, uplifting. You know what I mean? Mm. Hey, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, what I'm living is shared <laughs> with a whole bunch of people, I'm not you know. Mad. I'm not on my own. Yeah. I never thought I was bad. Anyway, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know. There's a, a French writer, Céline, who yes. says, um, "If I'm right 
and 10 million people are wrong, I'm still right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I feel this way. <laughs> I have no problem with that. And another thing that really turned me on, well, it's a lot more recent, it's when I discovered um, that Japanese people do the same, basically, you know. And when I went to Japan and learned that uh, sansai, you know, the mountain vegetable, as they call it, um, is just very, not only very respected, it's even a, sort of a religious thing, you know, it's a... It's part of the relationship that animist people have with nature, you know. And just a part of eating, um, maybe not daily, it's linked to different, a, a different approach, like putting a special flower or leaf or something in a tokonoma, you know, in the part of the house which is dedicated to the relationship to nature, mm -hmm. you know. It's, it's, it's heavy, really. It's, I mean, heavy, it's light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's light, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm. These people, and when I learned that, you know, these people who are um, the most advanced people uh, in technology in the world, uh, they're animist, and for that reason, they have 20% of their land, which is primeval forest. You know, 70%, then even 30% of the land. 70% of the land in Japan is mountains, and 70% of the land is forest. You know, they don't clear, they don't, because they don't grow animals, they don't uh, cultivate rice on terraces, but on the valley bottoms, and, um, and they just have this relationship with nature, which is sacred. You know, it's just normal, you know, they just don't try to play like, you know, they, they've understood everything, you know, they have their doubts, and they... Um, their culture is um, not always in such a good shape because of they're more Americanized than Americans, sure. yeah. you know, yeah. on the same hand. But, you know, I'm learning a lot from that. You know, you can be both. I mean, I'm, okay, I've lived in the woods and maybe these were the most beautiful times I've had in my life. Possibly. But, you know, I'm an urban person. I love Paris. It's the most beautiful city in the world, for sure. I'm prejudiced and I enjoy it, you know. I love London. I like London, you know. I've had such heavy stories, such great stories in London, you know. I love New York. I love, I love Bangkok. I love yeah. Tokyo. I don't like so much anyway. I like Kyoto a lot more. Tokyo is not a city anyway. Sort of constellation of suburbs. But Kyoto is a beautiful... I mean, I love big cities, wherever they are. Um, but I can stay there very long, sure. you know, but I feel part of it. And the thing, as far as I'm concerned, is that um, it's just normal to be, it, it's more than normal maybe, to be um, at the same time living close to nature while living in the big city at the same time, you know. Like um, here, we're in the, probably, the wildest part of Europe, probably. I said probably because there are um, places which are uh, more forested, uh, where you can find um, a lot of people who live in the mountains. Um, here, the land is, is empty. It's basically empty. You no know, people left. 
people left because uh, living conditions were too difficult and they could find better. Whereas in other parts of Eastern Europe, for instance, people couldn't find better, so they're still living there. I like to be here. Um, I like to teach here, you know. Um, I spend every summer, I've spent every summer in, for the last 30 something years, since 1984 anyway, no, 32 years, um, here. And it's great. And I really like to, I give workshops, you know, like um, I call it gastronomie sauvage. You know, or we cook together, we gather plants together and we cook and give recipes and do tea ceremony and things like that. And then um, what I call soft survival, mm -hmm. where I take people out it's this, this way, you know. Yeah. We're in the interface between civilization and wilderness here, yeah. you know. And wilderness is there, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's wild, it really is. I just love to, you know, taking people out there and we gather plants and we just, uh, we're just there. And to me, it's not, it's just part of life. It's just part of my life. It's just as normal to do it as sit behind my computer and write a new book or mm. <laughs> answer an email or things like that, you know. And this is really this freedom, this, um, um, What's the word? This completion that I feel, you know, that I like to share with people, you know. And to me, it's very easy, you know. Um, I'm not the teacher, you know. Plants are the teacher. It's obvious, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. I can give people hints, yeah. yeah, hints. And after working with people, you know, I, I've been giving workshops for 45 years, and. Um, um, it, in, in the last eight years, I've set up um, a school, three years. It's near Lyon. It's pretty central for French-speaking countries, you know, because uh, I found it really, um, you know, getting so close to people as we do during a seminar, because, you know, time stops, you know, we are here. Yeah, sure. We're here. We've always been here together with the plants, you know. But then, <laughs> after a week, <laughs> it stops. So I wanted to keep this connection with people and be able to um, work with them, bring them, go deeper, explore with them deeper. Because, you know, yeah, I can, I can, I can give them information, I can show them directions, but as I say, you know, um, they're the ones who know where they want to go, you know. But it's really, it's really, really nice to be able to do that. You know, work with people for three years and realize it's, um, it's very short. You know, as, as I said earlier, to learn to be, to be a, a, a leader of a tea ceremony takes 15 years. Sure. You, know, sure. you know, so what can you hope to do in three years? <laughs> but still a lot, yeah. still a lot and be, uh, and be on the way. I mean, why is it important to you? that, you know, people start paying attention to plants more? Because for me, I don't see any other way of living because it makes me happy and because I like to share this happiness and because I'm just tired of seeing people um, banging on their fingers all the time and complaining, you know, life is hard, you know, it's his fault, it's Monsanto, it's, come on, come on, it's your responsibility, 
you know, takes your life into your hands. It's right there, you know. And just open up to what's given to you, you know. Yeah. It's very simple. It's very simple. So, um, when people start looking at plants, whatever, whatever they are, things change. Things just change easily. I mean, they create a relationship with non-human being. And we need to create relationships with non-human beings. You know, we're getting sick because we're turning in circles with us at the center. You know, and come on, I mean, <laughs> this, it's, it's not a way of living. I mean, it's, it's insane, you know? So I'd like people to become sane, healthy, um, thankful, just because the only thing we can do is be thankful. Whatever happens to us is something that we've created, that we've put out, you know. It comes back to us, you know. So, put out something that's uh, pleasant, it's better, but no matter what, be thankful. Because it helps you grow. And that's exactly what you need at the time um, where you are, you know. You mentioned, um, you know, Shinto and animism and... Mm. things like that and, and in my own plant journey I've visited cultures that are animist and I really like I like animism um, it's a little bit offbeat for a lot of people <laughs> sometimes they're a little crazy you know do you does your your kind of world viewing incorporate I mean do are, are the plants do they have spirit, like animists believe, that every, every it's not, not just plants, I mean, animists believe everything has a living spirit. Oh, yeah, not only, not only plants, yeah, everything. Everything, yeah. Well, f as far as I'm concerned, it's obvious. I mean, what can yeah, I say? Okay, <laughs> what can I say? Right, I yeah. mean, so, you know, but I'm not, I don't have to drink a lot of sake, you know, to realize <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that plants have spirits, you know, or, or do rituals or build temples or anything, you know. Nature is a temple anyway. Yeah. You know, and nature, the thing is, nature is everywhere. Nature is even, as I said earlier, you know, in the Bois de Boulogne in Paris or in Hyde Park in, uh, in London or, uh, or, or on the streets or anywhere, you know. Mm. Nature is here. I mean, as, as soon as you have something growing um, alive, it's, it's, it's a manifestation of the spirit of nature. What else? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I once saw this wonderful... Um photograph and it was a picture of a pavement hmm. with this yeah. plant breaking through and then someone had sprayed graffitied resistance and yeah. an arrow pointing at the plant and exactly. it was like just like you know something very important something that I'm that, that, that I like to um, tell people um, how can I put it um, it's dynamics it's look at things dynamically you know what I mean okay we're here on this land here, and here, you know, we have some um, poplars, and we have um, some rose hips and this and that, okay? And when, when I look at this land here, I'm not seeing only what is here right now, but I see what was here before and what will be later, you know? Look at things dynamically. Yeah. When I'm in a city, I don't only really see the city, and this little twig, or this little dandelion, or whatever, you know, between two, between the pavement, in the crack of the pavement, or whatever, you know. But I see what was here before the forest, that was here before the city. 
and I see uh, how the forest is manifesting itself again through this little dandelion or whatever, you know, and how it will be again someday, you know. And, you know, it's not, um, I need to take acid or anything to see that, you yeah, know. Sure. It's just, it's just um, watching, yeah. you know, it's just watching. And like here, you know, when I see the poplars, you know, uh, these, these poplars have been planted, you know. Yeah. There have been people here before, you know. And now the land has been pretty devastated by <laughs> overgrazing, overcultivating, and this and that for 3,000 years. Basically, yeah. there used to be people all over the place. Yeah. Really, all over the place, you know. There wasn't a forest on the other side, you know, there were fields. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And. Um, she always reclaims, didn't she? Nature always. But s slowly here, you slowly, know. Slowly, yeah. You know, and I can, I know that here it's going to take 400 years because we get into a natural forest. It's not going to be a primary forest, of course, it's going to be a secondary forest, but it's going to be a natural forest, a climatic forest, you know? Yeah. You know, it, you know, it will come, and it's, you know, it's okay, I won't see it, but I don't care, you know? Yeah. You know? I'm seeing it right now. Yeah. I'm living it right now, yeah. you know? You're part of it and you're contributing to it. So you have to, surely, Every, everything contributes. Exactly. Irrespective of whether or not it wants to. Exactly. It does, just by living. Exactly, exactly, but still, but still, and that's the thing, you know, that's the trick, you know? We cannot just do anything. We cannot just um, say, oh, man is part of nature. So, big deal, you know, we're gonna, just going to uh, cut everything, put a big supermarket. It's, it's man, it's nature, it's Anthropocene, you know, we're in a new era now. Man's era. And it's nature. Yeah. That's bullshit. That's bullshit, it just doesn't work like that, you know. We have a responsibility. We have to um, to position ourselves. We have to say, you know, this I want, this I don't want, and at the same time, know that no matter what we want, what we do, it's right. You know, it's a little tricky to understand. I call it the paradoxal thought. You know, it's true. Okay, man is a paradox. You know, we are part of nature, and we are not part of nature at the yeah. same time. And if you understand that, ooh, makes it a lot easier. A lot easier, really. It does, mm. you know. So that's what plants teach us, you know. Yeah. So I've seen you on videos up in Copenhagen with Rene Redzepi <laughs> and the whole kind of lovey, wild food, chefy, gourmet people. What's your take on that whole, this whole kind of fad movement that's come in? I love to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Je suis gourmand. <laughs> Not only gourmet, also gourmand. Okay. <laughs> I love to eat. And you know, working with chefs, at one point I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know. Now, what I think is these people have a lot of media exposure. They have a responsibility. I'd like them to take their responsibility. They can do, okay, now we've. We pretty much uh, created, you know, this, this movement with Marc Vera 
uh, which um, and you know René Redzepi learned from Marc Vera and Michel Brass, these older people our age, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and René did a very great thing uh, spreading the idea of local food, of using wild plants, making something normal. And I'm very thankful um, for that to him. Um, but, but of course, it's very difficult, you know, when uh, you get all that exposure, when you get all these people telling you, wow, great, uh, this is that everyone wants to do the same and that everybody has the same talent. And when something becomes a fad, then mm, it loses something, it loses its spirit, it loses its essence, you know. So, great, things are rolling, but we have to keep them in a direction which is um, sensible, I would say, yeah. you know. Yeah. So there's a lot of work, there's a lot of work to be done, and I want to do it, you know. So if, I'm into uh, if, it. Uh, if some some young chefs or not even necessarily young chefs, just some chefs presented themselves you know, to you, that and you were mm. you were talking to them. What what would you say to the to the the chefs who are wanting to? Well, it's it's, it's, it's happening to me right now. You know, okay. one young chef whom I met at uh, at Nomads over there, and yeah, he he wants to work with him, and I told him, well, you know, um, you come, you join one of my seminar, and you know, we spend two days together and you know you you see what you, which how do you want to develop your relationship your, with plants your own relationship with plants and then uh, we'll talk from there right so it you is know. really important from what I'm hearing you saying mm -hmm. it's very important for the chefs to have that their own relationship with plants it's very important for everybody to have their own relationship with plants yeah. what I'm doing here and that's the only thing I can do, and I know how to do basically, is give people the, the possibility to develop their own relationship with plants. Be them chefs, or be them office workers, or yeah. be them naturopaths, or be them shamans, or maybe they don't need me, I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe they don't need me. But I'm, I'm doing it with everybody I meet, and it works. It works, you know, it makes people say, wow, it smells like mushroom. It's a plantain leaf. Yeah. And, you know, I've known plantain for 50 years. And I didn't know it smells like mushroom. And I'm, well, you know, and it tells you what you can do with it, you know. Make pesto. You'll have a mushroom pesto without mushroom. You know, simple. You know, that's why, you know, I mean, I'm still doing the same thing over and over again, you know, um, with, with people who don't know, can't hardly distinguish a daisy from a dandelion, you know, I still enjoy it. It's because when I tell them that, you know, and they smell it, wow, <laughs> you know, yeah. you see the, their eyes go, <laughs> like that. It's great. It's the greatest reward, you know. So for anyone starting out and listening to this, what would be your, kind of in a sentence, your, your, your advice to someone who, who wants to, to start to forage? What would be your advice? For one thing, don't forage. You know, go and meet the plants. Don't forage. I don't like the word. Mm. It comes from the French fourage, you know, mm -hmm. what you give to the animals. Yeah. Because plants were just good for the peasants. 
and the lowest people. Come on, you know, I, I'm serious about that. You know, I wrote in the yeah. Association of Foragers and nobody, nobody picked up on it. No, 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 no. but you know, ah, I don't care. I'd like to make myself heard <laughs> because it's important because yeah. every word we use because every action we take has a meaning and goes very 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 deep and very 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 yeah. far so what word would would be synonymous with what you do gatherers I like gatherers because of course you know it brings us to our paleolithic yeah ancestors and yeah I enjoy it yeah for lack of a better word, I'd keep it right now, you know. I got a word, I, I got some words, I'm, you know, you know, I still, I'm just at the beginning, you know. I'm just starting, you know. I'm just starting right now. I've got a lot of things I'd like to put into words, into thoughts, into, um, um, to share with people, you know. Um, it's just burgeoning right now, Yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it again, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, I, you know, I love. It. I'm gonna get definitely get you back on a on a podcast again. But we've kind of been running this one for quite a while, so I'm starting to get cold and hungry. To tell you the truth, okay. you know, right. well, I, <laughs> I didn't have lunch going. today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks you very much. And all right. Yeah. Good to be with you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You bet. Yeah. <laughs>